All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. We hope that you've been tuning in every week. We've had an amazing wellness advocate on each and every week. Episodes are released on Sundays after 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Last week, we talked to Tiana Coso about EFT, which is also the emotional freedom technique, tapping, all about how you can decrease your stress response and who doesn't need that where we are in the world right now. Yes. Uh, but this week, we are going to be talking to our very own Kelsey Amarine about how she kind of plays at home and works from home and balances the two. So we're really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I was excited to, at first I was nervous, but now I'm more excited to kind of be on the guest side of things and touch on just like some very broad topics but topics that I get a ton of questions about from whether it's clients whether it's people outside of the field and even people within our field so just kind of boundaries and things I do for self-care and also staying authentic along the way yeah and honestly I feel like we could almost make a series out of this because that would be great I'm down (laughs) you don't know what you don't know (laughs) All right, Kelsey, so our listeners, um, if they've listened since the beginning, they have your background and education and all that, but if someone's just tuning in today, can you kind of give us a brief little intro? Sure. So straight on through, I think in the very beginning in an episode, I was very, you know, I kind of knew I was drawn to, you know, social work, maybe didn't know exactly what it was called, but along the way I had some really great advisors and and whatnot. So I started out straight through in uh, social work, clinical social work, and I did my associates first with um, human services and then my bachelor's in social work. Um, I worked for a year in between those at a, um, like between graduate school and my undergrad program. I worked with kiddos and um, at a a community mental health agency that's pretty close actually to my my house which if other people have been listening nothing's close to my house so um I worked there for about a year and a half and then I left there to do grad school because it wasn't exactly I wasn't feeling completely fulfilled in that and I knew that you know my end game was to do grad school and eventually private practice but we'll get there in a minute guys (laughs) so I Then I took a full year off from working and I did a very accelerated master's program and um, got my master's of science and social work with specialization in mental health. And after that, I worked at another community mental health agency where I did both of my internships at. So, and then I felt some high burnout and amongst some other things, but I learned a lot from there. I kind of figured out what was my ideal populations, what ones did I feel like I, you know, couldn't give them what they needed, and just a lot of experience from there. So I was there a little over about two and a half years. Um, So yeah, just a little bit of a background. And there I got a little bit more of experience of like a wide variety of populations. So that was helpful too. Okay. So you recently made this some might call insane decision to leave a full-time benefited job and hop on out into self-pay, private pay, private practice (laughs) in a very rural area in Ohio. Uh And you just dove for it. A lot of people tip, like kind of dip their toes in. They start seeing people part-time. You were just like, I'm out, let's go. 
tell yep, us the part-time thing was just not it wasn't a realistic arrangement at the time so i just was like you know and well, in the middle of a pandemic no but like backup job like luckily i was i've always been smart with money so i was fine you know it wasn't like crazy but it still was terrifying because anybody that knows me i am like a planner i like to i like to if it's possible i like to know it's coming or is there things that i can do and i just kind of flew blind into it because i could tell that the way that i was feeling in the community mental health role was not sustainable for me you know i'm not i'm not saying anything you know negatively about it it was great you know i got so much good experience from it but it just was not for me long term so i just i guess i said well if not now when and luckily how i had your support i'm sorry i don't want to cut you off but how do you know that it how did you know it wasn't sustainable because I, I think that level of mindfulness and insight is really hard i think a lot of people really try to like no, this is what I went to school for. This has to be it. I'll make it work. It must be me. That's the problem, right? Yes. And I remember too, like at the end of my undergrad, like after I finished that internship, I was like, this is where I want to be. I can see myself staying here, you know, for the duration of my career. And because I was like, man, it feels kind of crazy to say that. But at the time, you know, it encompassed everything that I was really interested in. But I think the pandemic did play a role in that to a degree um but i could tell the burnout was what i could tell um and us as therapists we know what that looks like but it's it, it's different when you have to like flip flip it around and look at yourself and you're like what is this that i am and i couldn't even put it into words like what is this that i'm feeling like i could tell specific emotions i could tell like my body just felt horrible like and then when we switched completely to all telehealth and with the structure of me being like the expectations of community mental health, of being back to back to back, like no downtime. I had one hour out of a 10 hour day that I wasn't sitting like this behind a computer, not moving. I didn't have I really figured out, too. I was I learned a lot about my the how my environment and my surroundings impact me all day long because and it was one thing I spoke up, you know, to my supervisor at the time about because going straight to telehealth um, completely and then being back to back, I noticed my mood. I was just so irritable with like so many people, even if I tried my hardest to like keep that from happening. I got to where I dreaded act, like going to work, not necessarily my work, but like I didn't feel like I had any separation. I didn't have any boundaries and just every day felt the same. And I could just physically and emotionally tell that it was, I could not keep doing it. Thanks. I wanted you to kind of share that because I think regardless of profession, oh, yeah. people try to pursue mm -hmm. and, and stick with it. And I think it's important to recognize that. Okay, so you kind of mentioned there was no boundaries. So how, not no boundaries, but like boundaries between work, home, telehealth, right? Not ethical boundaries. But how did you, since you kind of went into private practice, how did you flip that for yourself and take more control? Yes, absolutely. So like I said earlier, it may not be like a boundary, but um, the big thing where I noticed, like I was so impacted by, you know, my surroundings and my office was just this little, tan brown box I didn't have any windows like I had brought in like a little 
grow light <laughs> so that I could keep some plants beside me on my desk because we'll get to more about that about myself in a minute. But um, I need I need that connection with the outside and it, and I didn't even feel like I could get that, you know, in my entire 10 hour day. Like even though I had like a one hour lunch break, we still when you work in community mental health and such diverse populations, you know, I couldn't really niche like my client, you know, populations I worked with. So I had a very wide variety. I was always on the phone. If I wasn't in sessions, I can feel my body like reacting as we're talking about it. Like it's crazy. Can you, I appreciate that so much. And if you don't mind explaining why that's important. Oh, it's so important because us using that mindfulness like I could tell just by talking about it I can tell it puts me back in that place of whenever I was in it all day every day like heart a little bit I'm not like fully on like heart racing Mm -hmm. but at the time you know I felt I'd go to the chiropractor even more often because I would hold my so much tension in my neck and my shoulders my heart would race my stomach would always be kind of like unsettled not nauseous but I was always feeling like that kind of, I got to go. It's like urge a sense of urgency all day, every day. And I did not have any connection with, with any nature or just fresh air um, or time for my brain to just be. So in private practice, it was a big, it was a big shift and I had to pay attention to my own, um, like what we call the limiting beliefs of, just because I'm not in a client session every hour of my entire day, that doesn't mean that I'm not a good therapist or I'm not, you know, my, my work achieving. Yes. So I could take more control of my environment and private practice. So my office um, that I found and I leased is super cool. So like I, in my caseload, I mean, I'm almost full already in my private practice caseload. And it's been like, not even four months yet. So that's one thing that I could probably do a whole other, I'm sure Amanda and I both could do a whole other um, series or episode on the perks of private practice. But I was terrified of, you know, self-pay, no insurance in my area. So I had to kind of put the stress aside. Like we said, I did it scared and I had more control over my surroundings. I had more control of my schedule. Um, the clients that I I took on under me, you know, I had I had more of a say about that. Like, because I'm community mental health, like they would, if it's not a good fit, I always got respected. You know, if I said, hey, I don't know if, you know, it's the best fit for me to work with this person, but you do feel that more, that pressure more to say, you know, we don't have anybody else to see this person because everybody's so full. Um, but in private practice, I definitely felt more freedom to say, you know, I don't think we're a good fit, but here's some referrals. Well, you know, I can follow up with you and all of that stuff. So more freedom of my school. And when you said that, that made something come to mind for me. It's like a doctor, right? Like if you had like a pediatrician and someone was just trying to refer like a 21 or 22 year old, they're like, "Eh, could I? Right. Yeah, but it's not my specialty. And they, they probably wouldn't take them. But when you're in that, and, and it's not just where you were, I was in community mental health, a lot of us, it's, there's such a need, such an urgent need, high risk population, 
um, you know, higher levels of more intense mental health, right? More severe mental health. And so you, you feel very pressured and then there's almost this shame and guilt and in yourself, if you don't take them or you take them and you don't have progress, you know, so I'm sure even that for you being in private practice is more fulfilling and so much. Yes. I can go on and on about it, but it was one of the best things that I ever did for myself and I have a good support system and Amanda, you've been great at kind of guiding along the way. And so I'm, I'm glad that I just did it scared. (laughs) And I'll say even for me, like, you know, you said you were, you were smart with finances. I couldn't discount the fact that my partner, like if I, if my partner didn't say, Hey, I can handle the bills while we do this. Oh my gosh. I don't need to bring any income in. He knew because like, you know, we've been together so many years and, and he was like, he always could see it in me every day. He was like, you know, you're not happy. Like, we're fine. Just go ahead and, and make a change if you want to. And it was myself that was like, oh, maybe a little bit longer. No, I just don't. I don't think I'm, you know, I'm ready. Or And then I came to a place to where I just fit. Like I said, holistically, I felt horrible. <laughs> like, I was just like, felt myself wanting to isolate from everybody and that was even before winter time. Anybody who knows me also knows I'm affected. I'm cold-blooded, I always say. So, like, if I would have stayed going into winter time too, like, ooh, ooh, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, I feel it all as we speak in my body. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> I'm not there anymore. We're good. I know this isn't about that, but I have to keep bringing it up because our bodies are so smart, but they're silly too. And they can get really dysregulated and rewired the wrong way. And so Mm -hmm. what Kelsey's body is trying to do is say, oh my gosh, that was scary. Let's not go back there. Oh my gosh, there's a fire. And what she just did is, oh, I feel that in my chest. That's a reminder of what was going on then. I'm not there anymore. I'm okay. I'm safe, which we could go on and on forever. But (laughs) yes, like we teach our clients how to do that. And yeah, and I do it with myself probably almost every day, you know, mm-hmm. still. Because otherwise, everything now in private practice is a fire, and you build that right, right back up, right? Yes. Um, like, I definitely don't want to carry, let that, you know, carry over into what I, you know, this new change that I've made, because I can already tell the huge difference for myself. Okay, so you're in your home office and you have windows. And I know you have windows in your new office so you can see nature. Tell me more about how you incorporate nature into your life, into your practice. How does it benefit clients? Absolutely. So I, nature, sunshine, plants, anything that's green and fresh, (laughs) doesn't even have to necessarily be warm. That's a bonus. But I... I strongly believe that, I mean, us as humans were, you know, biologically, like basically wired to be connected, you know, with nature, like the whole, I can get into different things about energy and, and whatnot, but it's just very grounding and it has very powerful healing effects on our mind and our body. So, and I've always noticed that for myself, like growing up, we all have our own stuff, right? And if things got a little bit crazy or if I needed, it was my, you know, my go-to, my healthy, like, okay, I need a minute. And so I've always lived out, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, So I would always just go outside 
I would go and just sit by my creek or I would take like a container, like a Tupperware container. My mom hated when I do it, but, and I would like catch wildlife out of the creek and just watch it. And, you know, I'd do that for a little bit. And then I would go back to whatever it was that I was doing that was causing me stress. So I've done it since I was young. And now that I'm older, um, I can, like I said, I can just tell that I have to have that connection. And I, our society, I feel like wires us to be pulled from that. It's supposed to be like, um, you know, special occasion, you know, to be in nature. It's like, oh, it's a reward for ourselves. You know, after a long day, a long week, we'll, we'll go on a hike or maybe it's only on like a vacation that somebody gets to connect with the larger you know, nature or any kind of green space. And even if you live in the city, there's ways that you can. You don't have to live out in the gorgeous, like a state park area like me. But, I was going to ask that because not everyone, especially lower income neighborhoods, you know, when you're more populated areas, sometimes you're in an apartment building and you don't yeah. have a lot of green space. So um, are there any recommendations? Like not everyone can grab a Tupperware container and go down to the creek. What What might you recommend for someone? Right. I always, yeah, I always, always recommend folks like if they've ever, you know, considered wanting to, you know, dabble in houseplants or even if finances are a problem, you can get like a seed packet for, you know, between like 50 cents and a dollar. And I use nature in general as a mindfulness skill because it teaches us so much, whether it's patience whether it's letting go of something that we know is not working, like the plant is not doing well, it might be time to like, okay, I gotta let it go. Um, just having it around us can be really helpful. So for those that struggle with having access, I say just kind of we get creative, make your own access. If you are in a safe area that you, you can walk to like a park or sometimes just getting out and just walking in the air. And then you can use your senses while you're out there and just, it's not necessarily like directly with green space, but you're using your senses and you are disconnecting from your normal day to day or electronics. It's a big thing that can disrupt us. And that's all we're doing right now. So just getting out into this fresh air in the bigger natural space and just listening, feeling, walking, or just, you know, kind of get into try um, house plants or starting a little herb garden in your kitchen. All of those, it sounds small. Sounds like something that, like, I hear all the time. It doesn't feel like it would make that much of a difference. But when you do it, it's it uh, can make a really, really big difference for us. I feel like it's similar to... Um... Okay, it's, it's not the same. I'm not saying it's the same. But as you were talking, it made me feel a similar response to when people have emotional support animals. And mm -hmm. it gets you up. It gets you motivated. You have to take care of it, right? Oh, now it's not doing so well. You have to do something different. You have to put it in a different... Is that... It sparks those things for us that very often can get lost. You know, not just like nurturing, but that... Um, sometimes motivation, you know, because like whenever I was struggling with how I was feeling, you know, that burnout, the stress and all of that a while back before I made the change, I noticed myself leaning more whenever I was at home. 
into my plants or my, you know, lovely green space that I have. But it's very, it's a very big thing that sparks us to say, you know, all right, well, they need this and they need that. And, and then you get that little spark of if there's like new growth on one of them or if there's something new you want to try uh, and it can, it's very, you know, affordable. Like you can get some plants if you get a big plant. You can get a lot of baby plants off of that, you know, and start in your house. I do that all the time. So it very much, it, it connects us with something a little bit bigger than us. And outside of the news or the pandemic or other things that may just feel like too much for, for us and way out of our control. And that's what I, you know, when I do assessments or when I'm talking with people about like, you know, faith, spirituality, anything bigger than you that helps change perspective and get you out of your unhelpful thinking or your depression or anxiety. You just said it. I mean, your plants could be your spirituality, right? Since private practice, I've just in general, as you know, like I've been, you know, leaning more into that kind of stuff. I feel like just giving yourself that space to say like okay what I'm doing isn't working for me and but not judging that because I did that for so long I was like but it should I should be able to do this I should be doing that like there's something wrong with me that I am struggling in this way like I would use nature and 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 all of that for my you know boundaries outside of work and my own self-care and connection but then I felt myself like still having to go back to a situation that and it was just had me on like repeat. I would get myself kind of de-escalated, grounded, and then I would eat the, the Monday scaries. Yeah. Constantly putting out fires. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love nature so much. I wish I was a better plant mom. <laughs> Where, listen, that's the whole purpose of doing it. You learn and... I could go on and on and on about it. And I think that I, because even in my private practice now, I didn't start offering it until, you know, a little closer to colder weather. So I'm looking forward to um, next year, like in spring and having a full spring and full summer. But I offer what we call um, ecotherapy sessions or walk and talk therapy. So I have a special consent form and I could meet folks we can walk from my office to a park that's right uh, like two blocks away from my office like a 10 minute walk or I can meet them at one of the state parks that are you know local and not far from my office either and just guiding them through how to disconnect and you know be mindful because mindfulness is being present and uh, like using our attention on purpose so you go into it being very intentional with this is what deserves my attention right now. This is where I'm going to be. And these are the things that I can do use in order to get that out of this right now. Because like I said, society has us so wired to just go, go, go to produce, to make sure you're doing this, make sure you have a full to-do list, make sure that you're being engaged and productive. And I always knew just my personality that was a dangerous thing for me because I'm very, I'm very list oriented. I'm very organized. I'm very like motivated otherwise. But when I was feeling like garbage, I felt that shame of 
I'm not, I'm usually able to do this or, you know, so I'm glad. I feel like that's such a dichotomy though. How do you, because I feel like for some people when they're feeling that way, right. When, or depression, whatever it is to use energy to get a plant and take care of it or go out in nature might feel like an oxymoron or might feel like I already don't have the energy. I'm already too overwhelmed. How could I possibly take on another thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's, and that's a very real thing. And the biggest thing I tell people is we need to incorporate more things in our life that we feel like refill us. So it's your perspective of whatever. And sometimes it feels like we're forcing ourselves at first. If we get so, so down to a certain degree, it will feel like we're forcing ourselves at the beginning. And then we start to realize, oh, I had control over that. I put that in my life. And okay, I pushed myself a little bit, but I noticed it made me feel that way. And your brain's naturally going to want more of that. So then it becomes more of like an actual wellness practice essentially instead of habit yes and it's and then you're like okay I put that in my life and it fills me up those are the things that I work with my clients so often because even in in our professional practice I think it's so important you know to be authentic so a lot of people even to down to my website you can tell like I got my vibe I'm such a millennial but you know what I mean Mm-hmm. plants and coffee and just that kind of the feel. aesthetic yeah yes. and I said we need to figure out what those things are for us that make us physically that mindfulness of our body what helps me feel genuine like I feel kind of at peace it's not even doesn't even have to be happiness it's just what makes me feel a little bit more content or at peace and then I have control over that I can do that whenever I need it, instead of it having an expectation with it. Oh, wait, I'm in control? Yes. <laughs> That's something That's huge, right? Control, man. Like, I think we all have those moments. So leaning on something that is consistent, that is bigger than us, and no expectations, we can just be and connect. Okay, so now tell me, you you know, one of your clients decides to get a plant. You're like, this is a great one. It's hard to kill. Weeks <laughs> later, they show you on their telehealth session, it's like dead. And they're <laughs> like, I'm such a bad plant mom, Kelsey. I told you I couldn't do this. Does that happen to you? Mm-hmm. Or do it's you happened to myself. Some- yeah. So how does someone that was already struggling with mental health and they tried this one thing and now they feel like they failed again? What do you what do you recommend they do in that moment? Because now I just want to give up. I told you I can't keep plants alive. I tell them to start over. That's it. Start new. Start fresh. Doesn't even have to be starting over. You know, it's just it really I think teaches us to say it's like that radical acceptance that I work on with clients so much. Of we can keep adding that judgment. We can keep adding that shame. But we're not going to break that cycle of thought, feeling, emotion, those behavior chains. We're not going to break it with that. So it helps us give a safe space to 
practice saying, okay, I did everything that I could. And that's okay. So what's next? Yeah. Taking away judgment, I think, is really important. It's a hard, it's hard, it's hard to do and it takes practice. Um, so sometimes, you know, we can transition to something, okay, maybe a different type of plant or maybe just trying a different way of connecting, you know, to something in general. Like maybe we'll incorporate I don't know, some kind of activity or other kind of mindfulness practice. And then, you know, if we can build up, if they feel like they need to build up a bit more of that self-esteem, self-worth first, get something else consistent in there and then go back to it. I know you have Sunny that you adore, your your puppy. Um, My thoughts, as you said, that I'm like, maybe we try a fish. Like nature, right? So that could be pets if you're able to have a pet of some kind. Right. If not, maybe you can go get yourself a little bit of fish or goldfish, right? And that could be something where you might feel like you're connected to nature and you're helping keep it motivated, keep it alive. Yes. Because coming, because when we are struggling, not just like we said, with depression or with just our mood and where we're at in general, I feel like we put, goes back to those expectations. And saying, you know, I should be doing this. I should be doing it perfectly. It should be growing and thriving. And I'm saying, if it's not, that's okay. Like we really start to take away our self-worth from productivity or how we're doing with things, you know, physically. And just saying, it is what it is. You know, and then how do I move forward? What does moving forward look like? Mm-hmm. and I think it can be really helpful and then they get to a place where we're just seeing you know maybe long term the plant dies but along the way that excitement of if they started it from new you know and then you have like this whole process to look back on and say was the end result you know what I wanted no but what did I get from that whole big picture what can I take from that to move forward and can be a really motivating thing and but it helps us also like come to terms with things sometimes in a safe space and saying well that didn't work out <laughs> and that felt very much like uh almost like grief right like mm-hmm. you know you just kind of have to you don't have to get stuck on that loss and all the negative and what I could have should have would have right and you also don't have to completely forget about it Mm-hmm. But what you should do is say, what did I learn from that experience? And what am I going to carry forward with me from that relationship with that person or the time I spent with that plant yep. or that fish or whatever it was? Absolutely. I have a fish too. We just got on a new tank yesterday. <laughs> it's so fun. I have like all of the, the things, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's necessities here. Okay. I could literally talk to you forever about all these things. And we have guests scheduled pretty much every week, you know, 2020 schedules still getting going, but if for some reason at any point we can't fill a spot, maybe Kelsey and I'll just pop in and talk about these fun things back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Okay, Kelsey, any last minute things you want to leave our listeners with, um, our viewers, as far as that mindfulness, nature? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can give people... Um, you know, a couple tangible 
I always say, like, to bear with me because some of these exercises at first seem like, you know, I hear all the time, I don't know if that'll make a difference. I was like, well, are you open to trying it? And they'll say, yeah. I'm like, all right, that's all I ask, you know? Um, but outside, so I'll have a couple of those in a minute, but just I'm really big on figuring out what parts of your life do you feel like either are running together or you feel like are just taking from you emotionally, physically, and then, you know, kind of lay those out and say, what can my boundaries look like? You know, because my own boundaries between my own work, even in private practice, are unique to me. And how can I set up some boundaries for myself and then also lean into things that re- that only re- refill me, only things that fill me up? Because I feel like those things are kind of missing today. But the pandemic, I think, can be a positive in a way of having us lean into ourselves a little bit more right now and say, what are some things that I don't necessarily want to go back to in the new normal, you know, whenever that comes and whatever that looks like, Um, you know, separating those different areas of our life can be really helpful. So the uh, couple exercises, we call them like mindfulness and, and grounding exercises so I think I mentioned one like if you're out walking excuse me just using your five senses like on a walk or a hike and I help people just saying like as you're out walking what are five things that I can see what are four things that I can hear what are you know three things that I can smell and just walk through them if you go through all of them do it again you know we don't have to just do it one time and then I do, I like to have people check in with yourself, how you're feeling going into the hike, you know, kind of saying, am I, what's my mood like? How am I physically feeling? Maybe rank it, you know, like the zero to 10 scale or something like that. And then after the hike or walk, um, after that experience, do that same check in with yourself and re-rank because a lot of times when we do that, it shows that difference. And so, and it can show us what activities do fill us back up or what activities are we like, well, it's not for me. Like, and, and that's okay. The, removing the judgment is important. And then the other one that um, I like to teach my clients, and I use it myself on the days where I think, like Amanda said, you feel like you're always putting out fires. And a lot of times... That's not necessarily reality. It's just a cycle of thinking and feeling that started for me. Um, At some point in that day, something triggered that for me. So pick up anything. It's nice if you can, like, go to a plant. (laughs) I don't care. And literally act like you've never seen it before. I'm going to go pick up a cat. Yeah, up here and just be like, "What is this creature?" <laughs> yes, and I tell, and I said, "Okay, just you know, think you, your mind will try to wander to like maybe your to do list or to just something else. Maybe as you're looking, you, you're like, oh, I forgot to pick pick up that laundry or whatever.' All you have to do is shift your attention back to whatever the thing was, and then describe it to yourself." And be present in that moment with that object 
and learn everything about it. And then you did a, uh, oh, go ahead. And then what? And then just, I like to do the ranking before and after if you think about it, because it can really show us, well, I do, you know, feel a bit more relaxed. Oh, my breathing has slowed down a little bit. I could go like more in depth about, you know, specific rankings and specific tools to check in with your body, but yeah. we'll leave that for another day. But I always recommend yeah, I definitely think it's important to see, like, did that give me a dopamine hit? No? Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> did that calm me down? No? Okay, right? And you just, all right, I tried, now let's move on to the next thing without the judgment, like you said. Um, and something that came to mind for me is, like, when something I tell my clients when they their minds wander, right? Like, you're trying to be mindful, and you're like, oh, I have to do that report tomorrow. And you're like, I, I, one of the, I don't know what training it was in or where I learned it, but just labeling almost if you feel the need to address that like oh i'm future planning again back mm. to the plan oh i'm stuck in the past again back to the plan yep i'm worrying about the future again back to the plan right so it's almost like a car driving by like oh that car was red it went by not oh god it was rusty and it sounded so loud and oh my god it smelled terrible with all those fumes and the car was just red and it drove by <laughs> yes, I, I call it, and I give my, like when I'm building this mindfulness skill, because we use it, you can use it everywhere, right? Like I was in a drive-thru and I had somebody honking because the drive-thru line wasn't moving fast enough. And before, like, you could have a whole train of thought take off with that. And then you see somebody, you know, get all worked up and that honk radical. And it's like, okay, no, I'm just going to sit here this is what has my attention you know this music this song this I don't care it's just and then you're accepting that that's that doesn't have to take over my whole train of thought doesn't have to rattle me yeah I'm in control yes I give people an exercise it's called just noting and it's like labeling you're noting thoughts I, and I did a really good um mindfulness training uh like a multi-day thing and they described it thought processes or trains of thought as like a waterfall you can either be sitting underneath of it and it just smashing over top of you and just or the goal of mindfulness is not to stop the thoughts but just to stand behind the waterfall and watch them rather than drown in them yeah Oh my gosh, I'm stealing that. I love it so much. Great. I use it all Why have you not shared this analogy with me before? We love our analogies. (laughs) And then the last thing I wanted to say, like, it just came to mind. If you're in a space where you have literally, like, 0.2 areas of green space, walk outside, take your shoes off, put Mm -hmm. your feet in the tiny square of grass that you have in front of your apartment building. Yep. Right? Like that gets the mindfulness, that gets the grounding. You start to feel what it feels like. If the um, earth is like electric energy and it connects to the bottom of our feet and it can totally, it it's like a resetting and healing effect. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't do that outside barefoot, if you notice yourself feeling a little off, put your feet on the ground and feel them planted. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kelsey. We'll be back again. I mean, obviously, we'll be back every week talking to other people, but (laughs) we'll have to have you on again to talk about more things. And maybe once you can get back out in nature in the spring, you'll have more to share on 
Yeah, how... I do want to like, just ecotherapy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you for being here. Um, any other thoughts you want to share where our listeners can find you? We can always link that too. Sure. I mean, I like my partner with Carve Your Own Path, and then I have my own practice website, and then I'm getting into TikTok now. So my TikTok is GG Psychotherapy, and um, my practice website is guidanceandgrowthpsychotherapy.com. Thank you. And I think you have a you have a Facebook page too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can search me. It's just uh, my my handle, like the same have you do like a handle, but it's just guidance and growth. And then you can find me on there too. We will link those in the episode notes today. Thanks for being here. Next week, Kelsey and I are going to talk to one of my good friends, Heather. Um, it's It's been such a beautiful journey to watch her, but she's now in her Bachelor's of Social Work program. Oh. And it's going to be like such a good like happy little reminder of what it was like to be young and eager to save the world and just like what motivates someone to go into that field because I think a lot of the people we talk to are like already there it's like oh what made you okay that was it now I'm here and this is what I want to talk about but she's going to talk about like what motivated you to go for this and what were your life experiences and what do you hope to I'm I'm, I'm so excited about it (laughs) it'll be exciting to talk to her like she's going through that process in the pandemic and you know we didn't have that as a you know during our program so I know it's so interesting all right so always always as as always (laughs) don't forget to like comment subscribe um I think that's it I'm running out of words for the rest of the day we like feedback so please give us feedback if there's a certain topic you want to talk about let us know um if you're a wellness advocate in the community if you're a professional or Whatever you do that's wellness related, reach out to us and we will get you scheduled to talk. Yes. All right, guys. See you next week. Thanks, Kelsey, again. Uh, No problem. Thank you.